Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 3, and we've been looking at verse number 7, which says, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. And we've been looking over the last few episodes this issue of the Apostle Paul talking about the comfort that they had as they heard things related to this assembly in Thessalonica. We looked last time dealing with the issue of the affliction that the Apostle Paul was talking about that had come upon them. And we're going to start today looking at the issue of this distress that Paul's talking about. Now, these things of the affliction and distress that have come upon Paul, Silas, and Timothy... These are the things that are the result of the fact that they were remaining faithful to the word of God rightly divided. That they were remaining faithful to the gospel message which was committed to the Apostle Paul. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And how a person puts their trust in that and that alone is what gives someone salvation today. Paul talks about this idea of this distress and affliction in that context of things coming upon them as a result of their faithfulness and how, and we'll see as we get through this passage, that seeing that there were other individuals maintaining their faith is what allowed for them to be able to continue on and have the comfort that God intends for all members of the body of Christ to have. Now when we look at the idea of this distress, I want to start by looking at the definition of what distress is. And using the Webster's 1828 dictionary, we have five different definitions that are given related to the word distress. The first one is the act of distraining the taking of any personal chattel from a wrongdoer to answer a demand or procure satisfaction for a wrong committed. Now, before we go on to the word distraining, that means seizing for a debt. So it has that context here on it. The second one here, the thing taken by distraining that which is seized to procure, procure satisfaction. A distress of household goods shall be impounded under cover if the lesser does not find sufficient distress on the premises, etc. The third one here, extreme pain, anguish of body or mind, is to suffer great distress from the gout or from the loss of near friends. The fourth one, affliction, calamity, misery, and a Bible verse that goes along with that is Luke chapter 21, verse 23. And the fifth one here is a state of danger is a ship in distress from leaking, loss of spars, or wants of provisions or water, 
etc. So we see here as part of what the Apostle Paul is talking about here is the issue of them being affected in a manner to where they were losing their possessions and the ability to be able to provide for themselves as a result of what was going on. Now, we've looked several times at the issues over in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 where the Apostle Paul lays out all of the different things that impacted him up until the point when he was writing the epistle to that church at Corinth and how there was all of these different you know, imprisonments and all these physical things. And with all of those things going on, it would have had an impact on all of those various areas of his life to where he would have been feeling this distress that he's talking about. And by the time he goes over, let's turn over to the book of Philippians. We're going to Philippians chapter number 4 to see something that the Apostle Paul is going to write here as he's closing out this epistle to this assembly in Philippi. After he has said to them about turning things over to God in prayer, and we're going to read those verses, verses 6 and 7, where it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And how Paul lays out these things of the turning the things over to God in prayer, all things, so that way that comfort can come. And as he has laid this out, and we continue down here in this chapter, now we're going to pick up here in verse number 12. Where it says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul's saying that he knew you know, how to be in you know, when times were going good. And he knew how to deal with things when times were going bad. And he was able to get through those things no matter what the situation was, whether it was good or bad, whether he was, you know, had things aplenty or he was suffering this distress that he's talking about here. Because verse 13 identifies, think of where that strength is coming from for when he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Paul was able to get through those things when they're good or bad because the Lord Jesus Christ was giving him the strength to be able to get through those situations. You know, this is not a thing of, you know, well, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to give me the power to and that strength to bench press a car. That's not what... Paul's saying when he's saying about that Christ is strengthening him, it's the fact that he's giving Paul the strength to be able to get through those times when he's saying, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. 
that the strength that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be able to get him through the time when he's hungry, when he's suffering need, when he's being abased, as he says earlier on in that same verse. And those things happen because, I'll skip down to verse number 19 of this same chapter when it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ supplies the need that we have, and that need is taking care of the issue of sin, giving us the forgiveness, giving us the gift of eternal life, giving us the knowledge that we know that we've been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise to have that guarantee of our salvation. The issue of knowing that we have the hope that he's going to come back for the body of Christ and we're going to experience the day of Christ, the catching out of the saints and are not going to be part of the wrath of God. That's the need that has been supplied for us. So when individuals start trying to say things of, you know, that whatever the situation that's going on in this world, right now it's the, you know, coronavirus, the COVID-19 situation, and individuals are trying to turn it into a thing of that this is God's wrath being poured out on individuals because of sin. God is not judging sin. The issue of sin has been dealt with. The law was nailed to the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been made free from sin. We've been made free from the law. The issue is whether a person has put their trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished. That's why when you read Paul's epistles, you see how each one of them begins with the issue of grace and peace that's been given to us. He doesn't talk about an issue of wrath that's going to come down upon individuals. Because that's not what is going to happen. The issue of this wrath and distress is coming from men, is coming from the things of this world. It's not coming from the things of God because God's giving the things that we need, which is the way to be able to get through these situations. That's why Paul writes what he does. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Again, this is a verse that we had looked at last time here. But we see again Paul identifying how we're able to get through these things. And here we're going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. We'll read verses 7 through 9 just to get the context of what's being said here. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ 
may rest upon me. It is the grace of God that is sufficient to help an individual get through this situation and get through any situation that an individual is facing in their life. Now, individuals have two options of what they can do when they're faced with these afflictions and distresses and all the problems that come up. The first option is to remain faithful. The things that we see this assembly in Thessalonica actually doing. How they suffered some things and they remained faithful. And as Paul saw that they were remaining faithful, it encouraged him to remain faithful as well. You know, And that's something that we see when we're around the members of the body of Christ. And we see individuals who are going through situations in their life and they're able to remain faithful to the word of God rightly divided it gives us that exhortation of that when we end up in a situation ourselves that we can remember the example that's been given to us of a number member of the body of Christ being able to get through the situation that they were dealing with now that's one way of actually getting through the situation. There's another way, and the Apostle Paul actually names the names of the individuals who didn't do it the right way. You know, a lot of times individuals, when they see someone, you know, failing to remain faithful, there's this always fear that seems to be of, you know, I don't want to name names of an individual's, you know, because there's the thing, I don't want to insult this person. I don't want to have it affect my relationship with other people because they hear me saying something bad about this other individual. The Apostle Paul, our example, you know, didn't pull any punches when he was dealing with individuals who were not remaining faithful, who were doing the opposite of what they were supposed to do. And we see here, let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And we'll see as Paul's writing his last epistle. And his laid out, you know, in chapter 3 he lays out, you know, the condition of what the body of Christ is going to look like as the last days actually occur and how, you know, the beginning part of that chapter really lays out the thing of, that the body of Christ is going to look like the rest of this world. There's not going to be any difference between what the body looks like and what the rest of the world looks like. That's the danger of what's going to happen. He gives the thing in the beginning part of chapter number four of, here's the solution on how you're going to make sure that you're not going to fall into that trap. And he starts out that solution with dealing with the idea of preaching the word, remaining faithful to the word that's been committed unto us. And you see that thought process keep coming up all through this epistle as he's encouraging Timothy to be able to stay the course, to hold fast to the form of sound words, all these different phrases 
that you see the Apostle Paul use to describe what's going on with these individuals to make sure that they're going to be able to hold to that truth. But Paul also lays out, and here in chapter 4, we're going to read here verses 9, you're starting in verse 9 when it says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crushens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now in these verses we see you know, a few different things with it. We see how Paul names the names of Demas, Crescens, and Titus, talking about how they loved this present world. And as a result of loving this present world, they forsook the Apostle Paul. Now, loving this present world means that a person doesn't want to be suffering those afflictions, the you know, problems that come about as a result of you know, staying true to the word or the distresses, the effect that it starts to have on the person's ability to live the life that they intend. And instead of suffering those things, knowing that this is what is given to them as a member of the body of Christ, they love this present world, wanted to end the idea of that suffering for those things and decided that they would forsake the Apostle Paul. They would forsake the message that's been committed unto him, forsaking the pattern that's been laid out and have gone along with what the rest of the world actually wants to say. Now, when you think about what the rest of the world actually wants to, it's either to completely abandon who God is, or if you're going to claim the name of God, you're going to have the appearance of what most of Christianity has today, which is trying to apply the promises that were made to the nation of Israel and trying to claim that those things are for you today. And leading to the problems of trying to think that these sign gifts are present. Or you know the various other problems that come up with when a person tries to put themselves under Israel's program. That's the problem that the Apostle Paul identifies, names these names to say that this is what they did. Now, this is something that has become very easy for a member of the body of Christ to fall into this same kind of trap. It's something that we need to be on guard for of ourselves, of wanting to make sure that we don't you know, go into this situation where we are trying to avoid these various different things and trying to put ourselves in a position of where that we are going to make sure that we are going to have a comfortable life loving this present world more than the things of God's word. Now, this doesn't mean that a person needs to start avoiding 
you know, the natural things of taking care of themselves and taking care of their family, you know, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear that we're to provide for our household, that we're to be working to be able to give to those who are in need. He identifies those. The problem becomes that a person you know, can have that love of money, which is the root of all evil. Not the money itself, but the true love of money, the where money means more than anything else. That's the love of this present world. Now, in the opposite context of this, the Apostle Paul also names the names of those who get themselves back into the position of remaining faithful. When he identifies Mark, you know, you see Mark in the book of Acts being an individual that had abandoned them because things were getting tough. You know, he forsakes them because he doesn't want to face these things. And by the time, you know, that's early in Paul's ministry. And by the time that Paul's ministry is getting to an end, we have Mark being identified here and being called that he's profitable to me for the ministry. He's come back to a position of where he is, you know, being true to the word of God. He is identifying that this is what he needs to do. And the things of this world, and that's this is where we really have to have that true idea of you know what the apostle Paul has laid out for us. All of the things of this world are temporary in nature. Now, it can feel like it's you know going on, you know, it feels like this is going on forever or that this situation's never going to end. You know, and, and all these different things that people try to put on with it to say that, you know, it it's not really just a temporary thing, it's a permanent thing. The reality of things is even if we live to be two hundred years old, which none of us are going to live to be two hundred years old. But even if we did, those two hundred years are just a small, you know, basically a blink of an eye compared with all of eternity. And that's why Paul can say that the things of this world are temporary. You know, because it's not going to last. It's preparing us to be able to rule and reign with him in the heavenly places. We have the ability to get through these things. And it can have an influence on us. We have to make sure that the things are not having a negative influence on us pulling us away from what the word of God says. So we would build, instead of building the gold, silver, and precious stones at the judgment seat of Christ of what we should if we're staying true to what the word of God says, instead of building those, we're building the wood, hay, and stubble. We're building the things that relate to whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You know, And that's the sin that still can have an influence on a member of the body of Christ. They, the things that are whatsoever is not of faith. And that's why as Paul was 
you know, writing this unto the assembly of Thessalonica, we see the thing of, and we'll read the verse that we've been looking at here again, which says, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. And the issue of faith is what is the true thing of what has an influence on members of the body of Christ. And that's where we're going to pick up in our next episode is dealing with the issue of the faith that the Apostle Paul is identifying here because faith really is a major influence on who we are as the members of the body of Christ today. And that's why it's a good place for us to stop and pick up with in our next episode. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have audio files of you know, Sunday services. We have information about how to watch our Sunday services live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And right now, with the current situation, that's how our services are being conducted you know, through Facebook. And you can find that information on our website. We also have information on how to join our Wednesday night Bible study as well through a conference call option. And as always, if you have any questions, comments about anything in our website, anything in our broadcast, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.